This podcast is presented by Solving Kids Cancer, dedicated to improving survival through novel clinical studies. To learn more about funding opportunities, visit our website at solvingkidscancer.org and click Apply for Grant. This week in Pediatric Oncology, the podcast about new advances for childhood cancer. Hi, everybody. This is Tim Kripe coming to you from Nationwide Children's Hospital, affiliated with The Ohio State University. This week's episode was recorded in May of 2014, but took a long time to put together uh, and was recorded by Dr. Strebe as a host, who was then a fellow and now a faculty, and uh, Dr. Neelay Shaw. And they sat down with Dr. Shimada to discuss neuroblastoma. Let's get to it. Welcome again to This Week in Pediatric Oncology. I'm Carrie Strebe, one of the clinical fellows at Nationwide Children's Hospital here with Dr. Neelay Shah. Hello. We have the pleasure of talking with Dr. Hiro Shimada. He is the current professor of clinical pathology at CHLA, um, an affiliate of USC uh, Keck School of Medicine. He's the director of electron microscopy, experimental pathology, and the biorepository. He's the director of the Children's Oncology Group, Neuroblastoma Pathology Reference Laboratory. And an extra special interest to us is that he completed his residency and fellowship at Columbus Children's Hospital, as it was then known, (laughs) in Columbus, Ohio. And anyone who knows anything about neuroblastoma has heard the name Shimada as he developed the Shimada Neuroblastoma Classification System um, that initially led to the International Pathology Classification and now to the INRG Classification System. So it's a great honor to be able to talk with you, and we thank you very much for joining us today. So first of all, we wanted to kind of talk with you about how you became involved in neuroblastoma. I don't know, probably you know the name, uh, Bill Newton. <laughs> Samir, Samir Kawash, um, who's uh, one of our pathologists, has, he's mentioned uh, um, how Bill uh, um, helped to recruit. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Newton is a very a unique uh, individual. Okay. So he, is, uh, he was uh, in charge of the uh, hematology oncology, but he was also in charge of pathology. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, well, this guy is very, very well, a talented guy. He's a very good, big guy. I don't know if you met him. No. We haven't mm-hmm. met him now. Okay. But anyhow, uh, he's a very nice guy. And then, uh, at the time, he was uh, running the uh, pathology center for CCG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have had yeah. the CCG, the Children's Cancer Group. At that time, we have two different groups in the United States: CCG and POG, mm-hmm. and it merged. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that makes the uh, that's the new COG, right? So uh, he was uh, in charge of the uh, CCG Pathology Center and IRS Pathology Center. IRS means Integral Blood Microscopy Study. So at the time, the uh, pathology is very, very primitive. But anyhow, he, he did this kind of things. So he accepted me. So all of a sudden, I, uh, I switched to the uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I was originally planned to do the uh, rhabdomyosarcoma. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he, he is in charge of IRS. Mm-hmm. Center. So I... Uh, I to start was I came to the United States, and at the time we have the uh, two, one week uh, kind of uh, seminar of pediatric pathology in Aspen, Colorado. Oh, okay. Nice. So Aspen, Colorado, still there doing this. Mm-hmm. So I spent one week down there, and during that time 
I mean, probably you, still you're, you're young, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> the president at the time was still, uh, Mr. Reagan. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. okay? He was very strong. <laughs> and then the One of us is familiar with, with Ronald Reagan, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then the, at the time, uh, Reagan and the, the strike of the uh, traffic uh, mm -hmm. control. Yeah, traffic control. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So Reagan was very, very strong. So, I mean, they already decided to go on strike. Mm -hmm. And I, we didn't know that. So I didn't know. Oh, I spent no. time in Colorado. And then I, I, I uh, from Colorado, I went down to the uh, Denver. Okay, uh -huh. And from Denver, I was on, on my way to the Columbus, uh, Ohio. And at the time, air, air traffic control got the strike. So mm -hmm. there's no uh, flight. Right. So, but I was just arrived on, from Japan, so my English is very bad. Okay? okay. And I didn't have money, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, don't know, I didn't understand what's going on. So I went to the airport. No, I'm going to go to the Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm so, probably I'm sorry, Mr. Shimada, but I didn't understand. And then I want to go to Columbus, Ohio. Then, <laughs> 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 no. no. And finally, I understand something's going on. And then, uh, so they said, we have to stay quite close to the uh, hotel. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe, I mean, you can come back to the, to the airport. And then, then you, you may. So I stayed at the hotel. Next day, I went to the airport. And I tried to do my best to <laughs> communicate with them. And it seems that a strike is still on. So I had to go back to the hotel. And the next day, I <laughs> Oh, my God. And then, uh, and still, I mean, it, uh -huh. it, it took, I mean, oh, how many, I mean, it almost... It was a number of weeks, because right, right, right. he, not only did they go on strike, but then he fired them all. Right, right. So then they had to replace <laughs> them all. <laughs> so, uh, I said, I mean, I have to go to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't have enough money to do this kind of thing yeah. in the hotel. So, I, the stuff is, I call the Columbus. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I cannot go there, <laughs> and I'm depleting my money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he said, okay, go to the Denver Children's Hospital and borrow some money. But no, I mean, nobody knew me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the third day, I went to the airport, and I said, okay, I really want to go to <laughs> Is there any way to do that? And here we have a ticket. And no, this ticket doesn't work. But if you don't mind, if I this to here to here, change the flight here to here, change the flight, because the very I mean, small number uh -huh. here. That look is all so yeah, okay, no matter what I gonna <laughs> go to Columbus, Ohio. So it stopped, stop, stop, and finally I ended up in Columbus, Ohio and reported to Bill uh, Newton. Here uh -huh. I come. Okay, you came. And by the way, I'm gonna take a vacation. <laughs> so when you don't take a vacation fast, so when did you come back? Oh, one month or two. So <laughs> he went to the wow. European countries. So what I'm gonna do here? <laughs> so and then okay, this is the COG CCG place. So many people are calling you, so you have to take care of it. Uh -huh. So <laughs> that's the way I study my English. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if dealing with, with referring clinicians is the best way to learn no. English. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, 
But he said that what we'll do. So I said, uh, okay, probably when you come back, you'll teach me how to do the roughness and coma. But before that, back in Japan, I, I, I finished up MD PhD course. So I finished up neurostoma study. So, I mean, while you're out, can I do neurostoma? And he said, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Not the starting point, <laughs> I the neurostoma. <laughs> Wow. That is very interesting. It's, uh, there's an interesting parallel there, actually, to um, the story of the discoverer of insulin, where similarly Dr. Banting um, wanted to study it, and his advisor, Dr. McDonald, was going on vacation for the summer and said, you can have my lab for the summer. <laughs> and now we have insulin, and now we have the Shimada classification. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's what that said. <laughs> that, that is quite amazing. If you could tell us about the process that you went through in developing that classification yeah, actually, system. Yeah. To me, it's, neurobastoma is a very, very interesting topic because, uh, you know, at that time, I mean, to start with, I said, okay, I want to do the neurobastoma. And then, uh, can I review neurobastoma cases from CCG mm-hmm. at that time? And uh, nobody wants to do the neurobastoma. So we have taken. The reason why is, at the time, neurostoma is totally chaos, because neurostoma is still described as enigmatic disease. Mm-hmm. So there was no pathological question. So pathologists hated <laughs> to review <laughs> neurostoma cases. So take it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. But it's quite interesting. Uh, I spent time uh, in Columbus, Ohio, reviewed all these neurostoma cases in Columbus, Ohio. And then at that time, uh, the center of neurostoma still is, was and is, is the uh, CHOP, mm-hmm. Children's uh, Hospital of Philadelphia. So I went to New York, Philadelphia and I, uh, I reviewed those Philadelphia cases. That, that case, and then I moved to the uh, England and okay. Manchester. Mm-hmm. Manchester is a very nice, strange place. It's a rain, rain. <laughs> so I went. I flew, flew uh, down the Manchester airport, and here comes the guy who uh, picked me up. Doctor Shimada, can you see that mountain? Yes, I can see that mountain. Oh, that the thing. At that that time, we're going to have rain pretty soon. If you don't see the mountain, we have rain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, rain, rain, rain. Anyhow. So I review all those cases. And it's quite interesting because uh, neurostoma is a very, very interesting case. But at the time, everybody started smelling, okay? Because uh, smelling means the uh, smells that uh, neurostoma has a very, very unique uh, uh, molecular genomic mm-hmm. property. So genomic property most likely links to the prognosis or behavior of the two. That's what uh, uh, everybody started thinking. So, and then uh, we th- I think uh, if neurostoma is a good model or, or for one of the good models for analyzing molecular genomic changes and histology. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we try to, the idea is genotype, phenotype relationship. It's a, this is genotype, and mm-hmm. this is phenotype. If we can understand phenotype nicely, mm-hmm. and we can understand genotype nicely, we can try to combine this, we can offer a nice things for the clinical. Mm-hmm. That, that's the main idea which I have. So that's why, and luckily, neurostoma offers a very, very good model mm-hmm. yes. to understand the relationship between genotype and phenotype. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so we are happy to do that. So my question is basically the uh, one, uh, it, it's another very good topic, because uh, I, I, many pathologists gathered, okay, so I chair the uh, kind of this meeting uh, to start up the International Neurostoma Pathology Committee, still I'm chair of the mm -hmm. committee. So I said that uh, what we can do for this uh, as, as a pathologist, especially I'm an AB pathologist, so what we can do for this pathology. And then uh, I want to make a classification. But uh, this classification is designed for what purposes. And then uh, things are, uh, there are a lot of pathologists uh, talking about different things. Okay, mm -hmm. let's make a kind of very easy classification so that everybody can use. <laughs> or let's try to think about more in deep. So I, we, we discussed two, three things to start with. One is, okay, this classification has to be usable. So mm -hmm. prognostically significant. And next thing is biologically relevant. Mm -hmm. Okay, and can we make it user friendly? Mm -hmm. Okay, so which, which is most important? Okay, and mm -hmm. think about neurostoma is uh, not kind of popular disease. Okay, actually in this country, neurostoma uh, probably six hundred fifty cases a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, so every single pathologist review neurostoma cases. Okay, if you are lucky, if you are a pathologist, okay, one or two or three cases a year. And if I, so I'm sorry to say, but user-friendly doesn't necessarily mean good things for the patient, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, patient. Yeah. So let's do the classification most prognostically significant mm -hmm. and biologically relevant. So that, that's the starting point. So we, mm -hmm. we did this kind of things. So really a focus on, on making it something that would have quick clinical impact and, and right, a big right. clinical Right. Yeah, right, right. And on the top of this, uh, I, I said, okay, I'm in charge of the uh, COG, at the time CCG, CCG uh, Neurostoma Reference Laboratory. So I take care of all those cases. Still, I'm taking care of all the Neurostoma cases mm -hmm. in this country, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> so every day, every day I review the case, cases. And even, even by now, out here, mm -hmm. uh, Oh, I mean, this is this active. I give credit for you guys because uh, uh, down there, the uh, you have the neurostoma uh, biopathology center. Mm -hmm. People, people down there scan the case and send it to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I review the case by using my computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we we certainly uh, definitely make it very clear, and even when we talk to the families that you know. We, uh, as, as strong as our pathology group is at Nation Richard Fulgens and at, at all of the major right. uh, pediatric institutions nationwide, we, we definitively wait until we see the stamp from Dr. Shimada yeah. before we make a, a determination of the pathology. Right. <laughs> yep. So actually, yeah, that's, that's a song. So, so I usually don't take vacations. So. <laughs> My wife is so bad. <laughs> so, so the things are that uh, now, now here, Mm -hmm. She's with me because I mean, I, I go I travel a lot, so yeah. finally she decided, okay, I can come with you. <laughs> but if, even if she comes, I mean, the night time I started leaving the cases. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> what types of things are you currently working on? Actually, uh, it's quite interesting. Of course, I'm still leaving those cases. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, uh, as far as human, because I, I do both uh, experiment and uh, human things. Okay, uh, experiment things, we have a program project. So we have uh, a 
students of Los Angeles. We have, mm -hmm. So we have a kind of a theme from bedside to bench, bench to bedside. Mm -hmm. So actually, especially we are like now uh, focusing on the uh, very, very uh, difficult disease like a recurrent, recurrent or this mm -hmm. kind of high-resistant diseases. So we have uh, uh, animal model, and whenever they do animal model or tissue culture, mm -hmm. the xenograft comes to me, so I, I have to characterize those kind of things. That's one thing I can do. But as far as day-by-day -day things, uh, actually, the, uh, right now we are focusing the scenic mm -hmm. other than endemic. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, so, so most of our... Um our listeners are, are well aware of, of NMIC or, or the gene MCAN. And uh, as uh, um, our uh, previous guests, uh, Dr. Broder and, and Dr. Seeger, talked about that, uh, that discovery in the 80s really showed that if there were multiple copies of, of MCAN, that those patients did very poorly. And that there's a related gene called MIC or, or CMIC. That's ISTA. And that's what Dr. Shamad has been focusing on. Right. So actually, of course, I mean, I do the NMIC too. Because the mm -hmm. right. story, story of NMIC is NMIC is DNA. Okay, so DNA amplification. Mm -hmm. And the, the importance of enemic is if, whenever you have enemy conclusion amplified, okay, enemic proteins made. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so, but very rarely, even if enemy amplified protein may not be made. Right. And we just published that, that kind of cases. If, so, if it, it, so most important things are function, right? So, function is, I mean, based on the protein. Right. Correct. So, so the gene becomes RNA, which becomes protein. Right. Then, yeah. then this protein is uh, has the uh, obligatory partner. It's a max. Right. So make max hydrodimer is a starting point to activate downstream mm -hmm. genes. So mm -hmm. that's why it becomes very bad. So that that's one thing. So right now, what we are doing the uh, is the enemy oncogene amplification by fish. What that was done in the uh, Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And, but from our side, I'm staining enemy protein in the chemistry, mm. right? Okay. So it's just correlate. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes, in many cases, enemy uh, DNA amplified and then proteins made. But sometimes, That's even it's amplified, it doesn't make. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes, even if it's amplified, protein may be made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so it's it's a very complicated uh, story. And so while doing this, what we found was the uh, okay. In order to see protein synthesis, you have to have a RNA, right? Yes. So DNA, RNA, protein. And if you take a look at the histology, especially nuclear morphology, RNA is nucleoride, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a very big nucleoride, that is a sign that you have protein. So if you have DNA mm -hmm. by fish, if you see histology, big RNA, nucleoride, mm -hmm. and in this chemistry, you can have a protein. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you have DNA amplification, but if you don't have nucleoride, you may not see protein. Okay. Right. So now we have a very good story from enemic to protein. And the next thing is, if you don't have enemic amplification, but still you have big nucleoride, mm -hmm. this means you have to find some protein. Mm -hmm. And we found CMIC. Yeah, and it's quite interesting. CMIC has many neurostom cases. CMIC is not amplified, mm -hmm. right. overly expressed. And right. we still don't know why it happens, but we can detect protein. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we, we just start, ju we just finished up uh, uh, 
staining of 300, more than 300 cases of B. virusova cases, staining both enemy protein and semi protein. Mm -hmm. And just with uh, one of our posters, this things, uh, I mean, we just uh, present this kind of data. And amazingly, both semi amplified, uh, enemy expressed cases and mm -hmm. semi expressed cases are very bad prognosis, almost similar mm -hmm. prognosis. So now we are moving to the CMIC. So right now we we define a uh, neuroblastoma as a MIC protein related mm -hmm. cases, and that kind of speaks to what other uh, previous podcast speakers have talked about is how neuroblastoma is going to become becoming even more subdivided, and um, that the CMIC may relate to part of that subdivision right, 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 yeah. of so, the high risk yeah, neuroblastomas. Right. So we we showed the first data of the. Uh, uh, patient series, big series, yeah. so that's what we are doing. And still, the uh, okay, but we have uh, favorable histology, unfavorable histology, so historically defined, and we can see me. So we still have uh, cases unfavorable histology, mm -hmm. but we don't know the uh, kind of uh, mechanism or gene. And we still spend time of this group, uh, like, uh, of course, we have to think about the ALK. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we have to think about other things. But, right. uh, like 11Q deletion. Right, right. So, yeah. But one of the strong things from our pathologist point of view is we have a histology. Mm -hmm. So we, we try to kind of communicate the uh, histology and molecular and try to translate these kind of things to mm -hmm. the clinical. That's what uh, I'm doing right now. And, and that is... Uh, um, one of the diseases um, which is really strongly demonstrated and continues to strongly demonstrate the um, how all of these different pieces of information, the, the clinical information like age, which you actually were one of the first people to recognize the importance of age in the disease, um, but age and anatomic um, location of the disease, combination with the histologic appearance and, and what those factors um, influence, it, and that's something that is uh, being spun out as uh, areas of research, for example, uh, we were talking with Dr. Cohen about her work looking at the effect of stroma on the disease okay. biology, and then looking at the genetic factors, which you know, a number of labs are looking at large scale as well as specific yeah. gene expression, and, and really looking at it in that complex way. And those are really the only ways that we've been able to make the progress that we have been able to in neuroblastoma, even though we have quite a ways to go still. Yeah, and, and the good, good things for pathologists are we are seeing the final summation of the oldest genetic material. I mean, mm -hmm. we, this is a histology, so only thing uh, we, our brain is not good enough to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> but we see it. Mm -hmm. We see it. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Seeing the it's um, as clinicians, you know, the first skill set that we're taught are our observation mm -hmm. skills. Right. So okay. we, we, <laughs> I, I'm seeing histology, and before me, like 10, 10 years before, or twenty years ago before, I, I was not well understand. I mean, I didn't understand what's going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. But every year, I understand something. The way I look at the histology is changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for the young trainees out there, it sounds like our classification system is going to become even more complicated than it already seems to be. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> what has been the most exciting part of this conference for you? Oh, actually, yeah, this is a very, very nice... Uh, it, okay, initially, this, uh, this is designed more like uh, basic science mm -hmm. kind of things, but it's gradually expanding to translation research and clinical research. Of course, uh, our... Our goal is try to link the uh, bedside to bench, yes. bench to bench. 
So, and gradually they understand, I mean, this group moves going to other direction. And then uh, if you do that, pathologist is in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> We've talked to many pathologists late at night. Do you have those results yet? <laughs> yeah. So I'm very happy to. Oh, that's great. Anything else that you wanted to discuss or... Any final remarks you'd like to share with, with our listeners about, about what we can look forward to and yeah. what, uh, where you think that we really should be applying our, our efforts to make the, the uh, Okay, basically this is a team play. Mm -hmm. This is a team play. And then the, not only in neurostoma but other diseases, the same thing. It's a very big thing. So we have to touch different areas. Mm -hmm. And we, it seems we understand something from my points of view or your points of view, but it's just only a part of the disease. Mm -hmm. So this is only just, a, this has to be a team, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and, and further emphasizing our, our theme for the conference yeah. is collaboration. <laughs> sure. It's it's great to hear that coming uh, separately from, from each of the people that we're having the chance to talk to, so. Yep, well thank you very much, okay. it's been our pleasure. Great. great. Thanks guys for that great conversation. To our listening audience, we're happy to read your emails during a future podcast and discuss your comments and questions if you send us a note at twippo at solvingkidscancer.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at Twippo Podcast, and you can sign up for automatic notification when we post new episodes by registering using the RSS feed link on the Solving Kids Cancer website. Thanks, as always, to the team at Solving Kids Cancer, a nonprofit charity dedicated to improving survival through creating novel treatment options for children. That team includes Donna Ludwinski, our executive producer, Jenny Song, director of communications, and Scott Kennedy and John London, the founding co-directors of Solving Kids Cancer. Remember, the more we learn, communicate, share ideas, and work together, the faster we'll reach the day when all childhood cancer is preventable or curable. As always, keep up the fight, and thanks for listening to This Week in Pediatric Oncology.